The Start On Demand. demand. Hi there. I'm back from vacation, but Greg's off now, and Loren is off next week. And around and around we go as we continue to inch towards Christmas. And as we move towards Christmas, more COVID-19 deaths over the weekend. Is there any sign of improvement? We found out today that Christmas trees are flying off the lots So if you're in the market to get a real tree, it might be too late. Food and mood, how what we eat can impact how we're feeling this time of year. On the subject of food, we learned that Bob Irving really likes peanut butter pretzels. Winnipeg business Zwicke got a surprise plug on MSNBC. And age yourself by naming an old store. I'm Brett McGarry along with Greg Mackling, who's on vacation, and Loren McNabb, We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, December 7th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, although Mackling is now off. First, you were off, Loren, for a week. And then I took last week off. And now Greg's off. Producer Jeff Forte is off as well. Kyle Milroy in the house. Hello there, Kyle. Hello. Happy to be here. And Loren, I haven't talked to you for like a couple of weeks. How are you? Yeah. I'm good, thank you. Nice to hear your voice. I'm actually off next week again as well, just to throw <laughs> okay. that, just to throw that excitement, <laughs> that exciting week at home off at yeah. But yeah, it's good to have you back. How was it? It was actually great. You know, you made the joke, uh, an exciting week uh, at home doing nothing, and I was genuinely concerned going into the week off. Like, what am I going to do with myself because I can't go anywhere? Obviously, the. You, I save up my vacation for the summer typically because I'm such a golf lunatic. So when I went on vacation over the summer, I did nothing but golf. But it, and this is going to sound like I don't mean to make this sound like I'm whining about it, but I golfed so much that those weeks often weren't as relaxing as I think they should have been. Yeah, that is whining. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I know I was going to sound. I know it's going to sound like I'm whining. Oh, this is so much golfing. I just couldn't relax when I was outside in the sun. <laughs> but, I'm just kidding. But it, it, I think maybe that's the wrong way to put it. But it ended up being more tiring than I anticipated. I, I think. <laughs> but it's I, like I, when you go away for vacation, you sometimes need a vacation from the vacation because yeah. you jam so much in, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm that person when I go on vacation. I have a hard time like doing the just sit by the pool and relax i'd like to explore and go on adventures and stuff and then i'm exhausted anyway um but this week it turns out having nothing to do was exactly what i needed it was just so nice to to it was like a cat i slept for like 10 to 12 hours a day those first few days i did nothing but eat takeout i think i (laughs) i ate and i actually took a took a list here on friday i got a burger and fries from uh, 529 Wellington. And then on the Saturday, I got a breakfast pizza. It had eggs on it from a place called Corrientes. Uh, both of those suggestions, by the way, came for that website we talked about, uh, Let's Do Delivery, all the restaurants that do their own delivery. Um, Sunday, I had leftover pizza. Monday was the one day where I made myself a salad. And then the rest of the way, I had more takeout. I got pizza. I got a Reuben sandwich. I got fish and chips on Saturday from the King's Head. So uh, it was great. And to the point where somebody, somebody said to me on Instagram, 
Do you use your kitchen as a closet or a multi-purpose room? <laughs> I don't see much home storage. cooking. <laughs> the oven is storage. It's perfect, though, because you were texting me this long list of things you enjoyed over the week. And I was like, well, this is going to work great because we have a nutritionist coming on tomorrow to give us some tips about how our food can contribute to our mood in the holidays. So I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just sit out that segment and you can talk directly to her. <laughs> so that's coming up today at uh, 9.05. We'll speak to the owner of A Little Nutrition. So is she going to tell me that eating pizza for three days in a row is bad for me? No. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's the idea that, like, you know, it's darker out there right now, so you're sort of hibernating more. You can get and in, slip into some bad habits. I know even me, when it's cooler out, I, I use that as an excuse to eat certain kinds of foods, like, you know, stews or pierogies or cabbage rolls, like things that are heavier. Yeah. So I think she's just going to kind of highlight some of the different tricks you can include along the way to maybe make it a bit you know, to dabble in a salad once in a while. Maybe maybe that's how that'll go. Well, plus two, I did notice that the, the food I was eating was not giving me any real energy. Like I, there was one day where I think I'd been up for six hours after sleeping for eight or nine hours, clearly getting caught up on all, because I, I, I never sleep. That's one of the things I learned from this, this week off is I have got to start getting to sleep sooner. But I'd, I'd order my takeout and then I'd pass out on the couch for an hour and a half because the food just kind of, mm-hmm. whoa, it was just a lot of heavy food. It was good for my soul, but not necessarily good for my body. But on the subject of sleep, what's this I hear you're having problems sleeping? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. You asked me yesterday what did I think was contributing to it, and it's a bit of this and a bit of that. And, like, we talked early on in this pandemic, I think in the March, April, May days, about the fact that people were struggling to sleep just with all the unknowns and the uncertainty. And now I don't know what it is again, but I know I'm not alone. And I find that I my issue before used to be that I could fall asleep, no problem, but then I'd be up, you know, at 1 or 2 in the morning thinking about things. And now I actually just can't fall asleep. Like I just can't. So we're going to bring on our resident sleep expert, Diana McMillan of the University of Manitoba at 737, just to maybe help bring back some basics into my life, which I'm going to, I'm sure won't involve eating nine pierogies and then passing out (laughs) on the couch. But, you know, I gave it a shot last night, just so we're clear. And it did work for about 90 minutes. So, you know. Oh, man. Well, could it, could it be the fact that because you, you're working from home, your office is your home. So like I have that off switch, right? I get to walk out the door at 10.30 when they, because they essentially mandated that I vacate the premises by 10.30. So when I walk out, that's kind of like an off switch for me. So I can sort of, there is that separation for me from, I mean, I still check my emails and stuff at home, but there is that physical separation that allows me to kind of check out for a little while. So do you think maybe because your home is your office that that's why you have a hard time? Turning it off? Oh, I think that's part of it. I don't want to complain, but if anyone else is in this kind of boat working from home and struggling to kind of differentiate between what's the office and what's the home, let me know what your tips are. Because right now, you know, part of the thing is I'm working from the downstairs bar, like sitting at the bar, staring out into the living room and the TV and the couch and stuff. So if I come down here later today, say, to relax... I'm still staring at my laptop and the old Commander mm. five th- G3 5000. You know, it's all staring me in the face. So, yeah, there is not a – it is – it's true. There's not much of a break, but I don't know what's going on. I just – I'm struggling with the sleep. We 
want to turn our attention to something that we had some fun with on Twitter over the weekend. Yesterday, somebody posted, somebody by the, the name Da Professor posted, Age yourself with a store. I'll go first. Radio Shack. Pretty simple tweet. Ended up uh, getting 61,000 likes, 60 or 81,000 retweets. So we thought we'd have some fun of our own with that conversation. We've got Kyle Milroy, producer Kyle, in for Jeff Fortier, Kelly Moore, Jeff Braun is here. Jeff, why don't you go first? Age yourself with a store. Uh, the store is called Robinson's, and probably only McNabb even knows what yes. I'm talking about because I think that was a series of small town department stores, but. It was the when I was a kid. It was the big department store in Altona, and I remember I got my shoes there every time I needed shoes, and got a lot of clothes there. And I imagine they sold other household items. They had a toy section for a while. I remember that too. But I imagine I was a they kid. Sold. I, well, I was a kid, right? So I didn't really have to worry about stuff like that. But uh, my mom and my grandma were in there quite a bit. So that that was definitely a, a, a childhood store that is nowhere to be seen now. When when did it leave? Sometime when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I have to say, it was it had to have been gone by the '80s. I remember it in the '80s, but I don't remember it sticking around much longer than that. But it was cool because it also had, at least in the Nadosa's case, like a, you got to go up these steps to a little restaurant, and you felt very, very high end in Robinsons when you went to that restaurant. <laughs> wow, that's better than the one we had. We didn't have a restaurant in ours. I, I not that I can I mean, recall. It, maybe maybe it was just a bag of chips. I took off a rack and climbed <laughs> some stairs and I ate them and I figured it was a restaurant. So. Kelly Robotic Moore, robotic restaurant we called a vending machine. <laughs> Kelly Moore, what about you? You remember dollar uh, forty nine day Tuesday for what words? Uh, no, <laughs> you don't remember that. Oh, dollar forty nine day what words? Dollar forty nine day Tuesday. <laughs> well done with the whistle. Yeah. Uh, did, did they have what, what cost in, in Winnipeg? I don't know. It's possible. What but... was it? What was it that cost a dollar forty nine? Oh, er, almost everything. It's it's kind of like when you go into the dollar store now, or you know, the grocery stores will have a dollar, two dollar, Toonie Tuesdays, uh, that that type of thing. Woodward's actually started that uh, way way back when with their dollar forty nine day uh, promotions. But uh, yeah, shopping at Woodward's, boy, that's a, that used to be a big deal when uh, I, I was, certainly when I was a kid. But even when I was a young adult, I remember being on my own in Kamloops. Uh, I was eighteen or nineteen years old, and I remember going down to Woodward's on dollar forty nine day Tuesday to see what kind of deals I could get. Woodward's Stores Limited was a department store chain that operated in Alberta and British Columbia for 100 years before it sailed yeah. to the Hudson's Bay Company. Yeah. So I guess we didn't have them here. Sorry about that, guys. No. I didn't, uh, I didn't do a very good job on that. Are you kidding? Awesome. That that jingle was great. I love I love that that kind of that style, that sound of that the, the harmony. Here, I'll play it for you one more time there. <laughs> $1.49 day, Woodward's $1.49 day, Tuesday. <laughs> Is that why you're always whistling, Kelly? Yes. Is it that well, commercial? I thought I that don't was know. Kelly at the end. Uh, <laughs> the first one was it was double whistle. I heard it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I whistled the first time, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that was what inspired it or not, Hitman, but uh, it certainly uh, it certainly didn't discourage me from that. Well, that is a very pleasant commercial to hear on a Monday morning, so thanks for digging that one up. Producer Kyle, age yourself with a store. Um, there's a couple uh, old video stores 
I remember going to when I was a kid. Uh, there's one video zone. It was on Academy, which I used to go. They had a, they had a card shop in the back. I'd spend many a, a weekend there. Uh, and the old Jumbo videos I used to love going to. And I actually worked at the the one on Stafford until the day it closed. So oh, wow. I was uh, not the whole time, but I worked there for a few years, and that was a lot of fun. And they always had the popcorn going. So I used to know how to make popcorn in one of those big <laughs> machines, and I have since lost that skill. <laughs> the rental stores, uh, yeah, because one of the stores I had on my list was Addie's Video. Addie's, that was nearby my, where I lived growing up, too. I never, I was more of a video zone in, like, jeans was, I think, one of those a convenience store that had movies as well. But I never I never got into the Addie's. They always did video games there, didn't they? There were so many of those stores. Like, I think there were, like, ten movie rental places alone just in Transcona. I think one was simply called Home, Home Movie Video Rentals or something. <laughs> like that. Loren, what about you? Sand store, because we also had that in Minnedosa. And I think Sand was a Manitoba-based company, if I'm not mistaken. So that was another place to go get clothes. And I still don't know what that stands for. Sand. Um, I'm just looking. It was a chain of discount department stores in Canada that began in Winnipeg. Uh, it had more than 350 stores in the late 1990s. I'm just looking to see if uh, SAN, short for Surplus Army Air Force Navy. Oh, I really did not get that vibe from that store, but okay. Yeah. Interesting. Me neither. I, so maybe that's how it started, and then it just evolved from there and became more of sort of a generalized. Uh, yeah, it was sur- it was surplus items from the Canadian Armed Forces. So I guess that's how that's how it began. That's neat. The latest on what's happening with the pandemic, and we could learn over the next few days what the province is planning when it comes to extending the current public health order. Yeah, Dr. Brent Rusin has said that an announcement on any possible extension to this order could come early this week. So that could be today, maybe tomorrow, possibly Wednesday. But what he hasn't said is whether or not it would be any less strict than the current order currently in place. What we do know is that the numbers don't appear to be budging that much. There were 19 deaths Saturday, another 14 Sunday, and those deaths actually include two people over the weekend who were in their 20s. As for the hospitalizations, we did see a slight drop in the number of hospitalizations and people in intensive care, but we're trying to figure out if there's any sort of trend that's indicating some positive news here. Cynthia Carr is an epidemiologist and founder of Epi Research and often joins us on Mondays to go over the weekend numbers and she's with us now. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning. Any positive trend that you can see that we can look towards? Well, as you said, there's not a dramatic difference. The only place that I actually see a dramatic difference in our average number of uh, cases per day is in the southern region. And that's good news because, uh, you know, that was showing quite a dramatic incline up to the end of November there uh, and into early December. Um, Still a little concerned about that increase that we're still seeing in the northern health region. Um, But overall, you know, provincially, we're definitely starting to plateau a bit. And our average new case rate right now at about 24 four new cases a day uh, per 100,000 residents is about as low as it's been since uh, about the first week of November. So we're, we're on top of that escalation on the provincial level. So that's good news. A lot of talk about the vaccine. What do we need to be cautious about when it comes to that? Well, obviously, the the vaccine is good news as as one um, tool in our toolkit, but it's not uh, the be-all and end-all, partly just because of the amount of doses that are available. Um, It's going to be probably 
according to Health Canada's plan right now, they're looking to have everybody vaccinated by the end of 2021. So um, remembering it both uh, of the candidates, Moderna and Pfizer, are both two-dose vaccines, uh, about 21 or 28 days apart. And right now, the efficacy studies are looking at um, the protection a week after the second dose. So even those people uh, who are first uh, to get vaccinated, it's a good five weeks uh, before you would continue consider yourself optimally protected, just like with the flu shot, where it's about two weeks. Uh, with this, it'll be about five. So there's just a lot to get through there, right? There's the getting the vaccine here. There's mm-hmm. then how it gets handed out. And then, of course, there's that five-week period that you mentioned. So, you know, we're talking about months and months uh, to wait here. And so as we wait for that, what's your advice to Manitobans? Because there are those who are asking this morning how long these, you know, extensions in the current public health order are, are going to go on. And based on the numbers we're seeing, the argument might be that we're in this for a little longer yet, Cynthia. Definitely. Um, you know, uh, the earlier a, a shutdown occurs, the, the easier it is to see some sort of immediate success, particularly if we've got, you know, obvious clusters of cases and what's happened um, here in Manitoba as we have so much community spread now, it's just harder to uh, see that curve in the right direction. And um, definitely, I mean, as I said, the the vaccine is uh, one of the tools, a very important one, but it's not going to take the place for the very near future of of the what we've been hearing all this time, which is masks, social distancing, hand hygiene, staying home if we're sick. And I'm sorry, um, you know, to to have to remind people of that, but this is not the magic bullet and it won't be um, for quite some time. But the good news is that uh, with the initial uh, 5 million or so doses that Canada apparently has secured into the spring, um, we will get some uh, impact on, uh, you know, people who are health vulnerable or exposure vulnerable. So looking at, uh, you know, healthcare workers and then um, our older or more vulnerable residents, uh, at least as a start where we've seen the, you know, the more serious outcomes or the most uh, likely um, uh, people to be infected in the healthcare system. One of the things that I that I'm seeing on social media, and we've been seeing it throughout the pandemic, but I think at the beginning there were there was so much there was a like a message or a feeling of like let's come together, let's work together, let's stay hopeful, and we still see that, uh, but I see so much anger, and I seem to be seeing more and more anger to the point where I don't even really want to go on Facebook or Twitter anymore. Uh, but can you really blame do you do you blame people when you see that kind of anger and rage towards this whole thing? I don't think we can blame anybody for their emotions, but we are responsible for how we act on those feelings. You know, uh, I'm not worried about it, but I've certainly uh, been targeted in social media and I I just can't fathom the energy uh, to lash out and say, you know, pretty horrific things to other people. Um, But it, it, it makes sense that you know there's a phenomenon that is the longer that uncertainty continues the greater anxiety increases in comparison and as you said at the top there about sleep deprivation anxiety so much has been taken away uh people very concerned about their livelihood their businesses um so much of what we use also to cope with our stress whether it's going to the gym going to a hockey game going to church getting together with family and friends has been taken 
taken away from us. So not only do we have you know ongoing uncertainty, increasing anxiety, loss of opportunity to deal with the stress in the way we normally do, it's a lot to cope with. But but we are ultimately responsible for you know making decisions about you know. Do I need to lash out with somebody else? Do I need to spread this myth? Or maybe I could just take a beat, take a maybe a walk around the block before I um, make somebody else's day worse rather than better. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is back next week. Last half hour, we talked about Age Yourself by Naming a Store. And holy smokes, did the texts pour in at 204-780-6868. Ruth, for example, saying, My first real job was cashier at Dominion on Maine at Jefferson. It was a fun place to work as a high school student. But yes, Dominion, the grocery store. Do you remember that, Loren? Mm-hmm. I do remember that one, yeah. And I'm trying to figure out when it went the way of, what is the expression? The dodo? <laughs> Every time I recall old expressions, I wonder if they're things that never should have been said in the first place. So I always pause. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, fair is this enough. something that should be even said right now? Yes. <laughs> or ever has said. And uh, we also have, uh, let's see, stores of the past in Winnipeg. The man with the axe on Main Street. I don't know what that I, is. No, I don't have, I don't know that one at all. We had, a, we had someone write in about, is it the Pirate's Den? Pirates Den, the arcade at Grant Park. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I, I miss arcades too. There used to be, uh, you could play video games at a place called Sid's Carousel, which was uh, beside the Wolco in Transcona and Regent. It was, Sid's was like, a, it wasn't just an arcade, but they had all the arcade games at the back. And mm-hmm. there was, uh, I think the arcade at Kildonan Place was Long John Silver's. So I don't know what it, now that I think about it, I don't know what, what the connection to pirates is for video game arcades, <laughs> but uh, if are you... there any games with pirates in them? I'm trying to think. I don't know, Millhouse. Do you remember any arcade games with? And that's what I call producer Kyle Millhouse. <laughs> a long story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you remember any arcade games with pirates in them? Um, no. There was a PC game that had kind of like pirate, like dog fighting, with like a. Uh, in ships, I can't remember. I think the the pirate theme is just like the the treasure, the booty, the the coins, and they'd probably just have a picture of a you know a treasure chest overflowing with gold coins because oh, they, all, they all used because they all use the gold tokens. It wasn't quarters, so that's my guess. That's a fair guess. Well done, Kyle. Hey, we were talking about trees last half hour as well. I put up my tiny little trees. I miss having a real tree, but I'm not allowed to have one in my apartment. But uh, uh, maybe one day I'll have a home where I am allowed to get one, Loren. Yeah, well, and there's lots of Manitobans that have been going for that real tree look this year. Many of them put them up earlier than expected, and so there aren't many trees left. Susan Stubby is with Jensen's Nursery and joins us now. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. When we were texting yesterday, you mentioned you had just one tree left. Uh, is it still standing? Um, we've got one kind of a little goofy looking. Um, we do have a couple that we've kind of kept till we get through our deliveries and make sure we haven't forgotten to tag a tree, you know, just that contingency. But uh, other than that, there's not a lot left. So have you been selling more trees this year than last year then? Um, we sold a little bit more. We couldn't get more from our suppliers. 
Um, when we originally ordered back in August, they were all capping us at what we ordered last year, um, other than a few. So we, you know, we added 30, 40 to our uh, repertoire of trees. And we were looking at hoping to get more in season. And it just isn't possible. So right now, if you have just that Charlie Brown tree, that's what I'm picturing right now anyway, Susan, kind of a scraggly tree left on the lot. That, that'll be it? Like if folks are looking for a tree in the days ahead and they're coming to you, and I know you're not the only nursery that's sold out or close to selling out, um, there's no more coming in? No, there's no more coming in that I'm aware of. And is that because more just bought them earlier this year in terms of being out this early in the season? Um, yeah, like we sold over a thousand trees out in what, seven to 10 days, whereas normally right now we'd be about the halfway mark of our sales and still have another, you know, good 400 left to sell. So it's definitely been people have been going fast and furious. Um, some of our loyal customers that have been with us for the 20 years we've been doing didn't get their tree this year, which I feel really bad about, but it came and it went and there's not much we could do about that. And uh, there's also a North American white shortage of trees. So that's sort of the other issue in this sort of whole scenario. What's driving that, the shortage? Um, It it was recession seven, eight years ago when they, down in the States, they didn't plant a lot. Um, It's wildfires, you know, just, just different things. It takes about seven years to get to a sellable tree for Christmas trees. So it's, Things that happened seven, eight years ago that are causing the shortage now. And going forward in another four or five years, the supply will get better. So what are you hearing from customers, Susan? Because it's not just the trees. There's other options out there, and, and, and the artificial is one for folks. There's other ways to also sort of just bring that color to your home. And I know those planters with, like, I'm not going to get – I'm not very crafty here, so I can't explain myself. But, you know, with the, with the pine needles and the sprigs of color. Yeah, like, yeah, lots of people are doing that, Susan. That's what we've got up in our online store now is the outdoor containers. Um, so that gives you a little bit of that feel of Christmas. So, yeah, we're busy making outdoor containers. We're also busy making centerpieces, which are great for on the table. It brings that scent into the house. Um, they'll last, if you keep them watered, a good week to two weeks. So, it's you know, it's, it's a way to still have something Christmas. Well, when it comes to keeping things going, keeping things lasting, how long does a Christmas tree usually survive once you put it up oh you can easily get four to five weeks out of a christmas tree the the trick is never letting the water go below the stump if the water goes below the stump the sap seals it up and you're not going to take any more water up and you're done in about a week but i've actually had them in my house where they started um budding and started trying to grow oh wow yeah. This is the point in the interview where you hear me run up the stairs to put water in the tree <laughs> for the first time, Susan. But beyond that, what are your customers telling you? Like, are they just, is the demand coming early in the year because people were just looking for something hopeful? Like, what, what is it? People were that- looking for something hopeful and they wanted it sooner. It was, it's either people are going, well, I'm not doing it till later because nobody's coming, or I want it now because I'm home and I need something nice to look at and to build my spirits up. So it's been a lot of that. We've had a lot of first-time Christmas tree buyers that have done the artificial and decided this year they wanted to go to the the fresh tree. So I think it's just everybody's looking to change a little bit up in their scenarios where, you know, they can't change because they're staying home all the time. Well, Susan Stubby of Jensen's Nursery joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much for this. We appreciate it.
Well, thank you for having me on. So I guess, Loren, uh, if you're in the market for a real tree, it's get it wherever you can at this point or where you can you find Clark one. Clark Griswold it, you know, <laughs> just get out to the forest, see what you can hack down. I don't know where my buddy did this, but he, he, he that's what it was. He and his family went out and they cut down this tree and it it's at least 11 feet tall. Like wow. he took a picture standing beside it and it just towered above him. And he, was, he didn't look too impressed because it, his wife chose the tree. And I guess they didn't realize when you when it's outside, you might just think, oh, yeah, this is this will be good. And then you get it in the house and you go, what are we going to do with this monstrous tree? Wow. But I, we ordered our I ordered ours. And as we pull up to go pick it up, I said to my husband, I think it's between an eight and nine feet. That, that'll that fit. Right. And he's like, you're asking me this now. Like you've already. <laughs> It already comes. I'm already like, here we are. It fit. We had to cut a bit off the top, but it worked. And the question is, how are your eating habits lately? Are you eating better or worse as we continue to head into winter? And your answers are better, worse, or about the same. And I guess for me, technically, it would be worse because my jeans are getting a little bit more snug. Although an argument could be made that that's also better because I'm certainly enjoying what I'm eating more, Loren. I'm just enjoying too much of it. You have to hibernate, right? You're getting your body fatty up. So (laughs) just in case there's a situation, you've got more reserves to rely on. Yes. That's just good science right there. Yes. I'm (laughs) I'm being prudent. I'm packing it on just in case there is some sort of an apocalyptic event. And I... (laughs) And I can't uh, order pizza anymore. But you can cast your vote, cjob.com. We've also thrown it up on Twitter, at 680CJOB, because who are we talking to after 9 o'clock? Yeah, after 9, we're going to speak with someone who's, well, this is their life, right? This is their job. It's Susan, uh, it's Susan Watson. She's the owner of A Little Nutrition. So she uh, works in nutrition. And she's got some tips for things that you should at least be adding to your diet. So if there's going to be some junk, what else can you add in that might give you a bit more energy? There's foods that help you sleep. There's antioxidants you might need to consider just to stay, uh, you know, keep your immune system strong. And so there's all sorts of things we need to be doing as we head into these darker, potentially colder days days of winter that will maybe help us get through. I doubt she's going to agree with my hibernation plan, but we can ask. We can ask. Does it make sense, Susan, in your opinion, to fatten up for the winter? Should I have a salad today or should I buy that bag of potato chips and onion dip that I've been craving? All in the name of science. We'll find out. CFL, NHL, and a little Jack Ryan? They're all on the watch list for our next guest. Yeah, of course, Bob Irving, voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joins us every Monday at 8.37. And he had a pretty busy weekend, at least as far as the television was concerned. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, you guys. And uh, speaking about eating snacks, can I just uh, weigh in here a little bit? Weigh in? Uh, Peanut butter pretzels, okay? We found these peanut butter pretzels at Costco, bought two great big jars, plastic jars of them, and they're just to die for. They really are, but they're, I think they're fattening. They might be anyway. Uh, so we had about a third of a jar left on Friday, and I, I just sat there and ate them all just to get rid of them, just to, get, just to get rid of them because they're so addictive and they're no good for me, but they're so delicious. So I ate them all, and that's it. And we vowed, my wife and I vowed never to buy them again until the next time we decide to buy them. But anyway, that's my story about... 
<laughs> and it's, you know, I have a bad habit of just when you're around the house, I want to be nibbling on something all the time. And it's hard to find something. You can't nibble on celery all day, right? No. Uh, so these peanut butter pretzels, oh, my God, are they ever good. Okay, that's enough about that. <laughs> no, but that's a good point. And I think we'll have to ask her that about the snacks that you keep in the house. Because if you are working from home, like many of us are, it is really hard. Like, you're oh. bored, for starters. Yeah. And then there's only so many leftovers you can eat. And I'm always after my husband, like, how come you don't eat what's left in the fridge? And he just looks at me as I'm holding, like, a bag of chips in my hand, right? It's hard. Well, I have the these habit. fruit cups, too, you know, full of peaches and stuff. Yeah. And they, they're really healthy. And they got lots of vitamin C. And so uh, I eat them, too. But it's hard to stay away from the uh, – Brett talked about the chips we got potato chips in a few drawers here, and, oh, man, it's hard to stay away. It really is. Anyway, enough about that. Well, and you got to <laughs> add something. To, I'd be curious to try them. Pretzels on their own yeah. uh, are kind of boring, right? They need some sort of flavor. Well, that's right, and these peanut butter pretzels have the peanut butter inside, but they're also salted on the outside. And of course, we all love salt. It's so good and so bad for you. That uh, the, yeah, they are a delight. So if you're looking for some guilty pleasure peanut butter pretzels, and they're not, they're hard to find, uh, Costco's the only place we found them. But are they ever delicious? All right. So the Bombers, the CFL on Friday. You guys <laughs> I want to talk I can about keep football. going, but no, let's talk about the CFL because we got we got uh, is it free agency coming February 9th? We got some Bombers yep. on the list. Well, there's a bunch. There's 33, and uh, the CFL announced uh, on Friday that uh, the the moratorium on re-signing of players for the teams has now been lifted, and it's been in effect for most of the year uh, because of COVID and the uncertainty about the future and everything else. And it was lifted, and they issued then the list of all the players who are on February 9th free agents. The Bombers have 33 of them, and I know Bomber fans who, when they first glanced at this list, kind of panicked and thought, oh, no, because on this list are Andrew Harris, Nick Dembski, Justin Medlock, Jamarcus Hardrick, Stanley Bryant, Pat Neufeld, Jackson Jeffcoat, Brandon Alexander, just to name a few. But my advice to Bomber fans is just, you know, take a deep breath and don't panic, because I know Kyle Walters and Michael Shea and Wade Miller will be very busy this week and next and right through until free agency on February 9th, trying to re-sign a lot of their own key players like Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski and, you know, Stanley Bryant and Pat Newfeld. So uh, let's wait and see what happens. I know that's a priority for the Bombers. It is every year to retain their own free agents rather than go out and try and land free agents from other teams. And it'll be a different year for teams in the CFL, too, in the free agent market because, you know, everybody's, I think, going to try to spend less money and so the players are not going to cash in like they have in the past. So it'll be a very interesting time the next few weeks to see how this all plays out. But again, my message to Bomber fans would be don't be overly concerned when you look at the list of players who are free agents because my my guess is the Bombers will re-sign many of their key players. NHL, meanwhile, they're still trying to sort out how it's going to restart in 2021. What's the latest there? Well, that changes almost day to day. The players and the owners are talking and they continue to talk. They're at a bit of an impasse over how financially this is all going to work. Uh, The NHL had hoped to start uh, on January 1st, but that's not going to happen. Mid-January seems more likely and and maybe even the start of February is more likely and there's no way they're going to play 82 games. I think the talk now is about playing somewhere in the 50s and maybe they're down to a 48-game schedule starting sometime in February, they will get it done and they will have a season. 
I'm pretty sure about that, but it's not going to be a full NHL season. And again, it's a result of the COVID. And yes, I am watching Jack Ryan. Now, my son told me uh, as I was watching Homeland, he said, you ought to check out Jack, uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Netflix. And it's really good because I like those CIA spy kind of shows. Uh, I watched uh, Kevin Costner's Yellowstone. I watched the first year of that, the first season of that. And it's okay, but I kind of lost interest, and I'm really into Jack Ryan now. John Krasinski plays Jack Ryan, and he's really, really good. So there's a there's a recommendation for people who are looking for something to binge. Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. It's on Netflix. It's actually on. Not, I, I oh my, I I hate on to Prime do this. Video is it on Prime? Yes, I think it's, it's Prime. It's Sorry, okay. Prime. Well, it's one of those. Yeah, Prime. That's right. It is on Prime, and it's really good. And it's one of those ones where I find you get hooked. Right? You watch one episode. And then you can't wait to see what happens in the next episode. And so you wind up sitting there for three hours eating your peanut butter pretzels, uh, unless you've divested yourself of them all. You know what, Bob? We started watching that in our family a couple of weeks ago. And I, of course, go to bed earlier because of my shift during the week. And by Friday, my husband was done all three seasons, and I wasn't even through the first. So that's how addictive it was. He loved it. He thought it was a pretty good show. So yeah, it's that's really a good recommendation. Good. It's very well done, yep. What I'm did, not sure about the pretzels, but I'll accept this TV show recommendation. There you go. Okay. Well, and you heard, Loren, he said John Krasinski That's plays why Jack I Ryan. I want to watch it. Anything with any character from The Office, I will give all the time to. Yeah. Well, Bob, hey, thanks for the, the sports knowledge and the television recommendations. Bob Irving, is he's like an honorary couch potato. I got to go and see what's in our treat drawer. We have a treat drawer yes. here now, which is full of potato chips and all sorts of stuff, chocolates, and we lock it up sometimes, but I have the key, so I think I'll go check it out right now, and I'll report back next week to what what disgusting snacks I've found. Okay, Bob yes. Irving. Instead of binge watching, let's do the binge, period. <laughs> yeah, we are you binge eating? Yeah, right. All right. Bob uh, Irving, thank you so much. Joining us live on 680 CJOB, our weekly Monday visit and uh, the peanut butter pretzels. I'm curious about that, Loren. I'm not. I'm a big... not. I don't get a pretzel. It doesn't like. I think it's like if it's there. I'm not saying I won't eat it, but no, thank you. Yeah. Although Tyson Texas doesn't say pretzels aren't boring. They're reliable. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. One of the things that I. Really haven't been able to wait to share with myself over the last week while I've been off is takeout. I have ordered so much takeout over the last week and a bit, and not just the last week and a bit, quite frankly, the last nine months, uh, my takeout intake. I, I, I try to tell myself, Loren, that I'm just doing my part yes, you're to help local. save Manitoba restaurants. Right. Yeah. One pound at a time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but of course, that brings us to our next guest. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with a sleep expert to talk about our struggle to sleep during this pandemic. And now we want to talk about what might be key for many people, which is the struggle to eat properly at any time, let alone when you're in the mid of, mid of, midst of something like COVID-19. So our next guest emailed to say, with temperatures slowly dropping, less sunlight, and having to navigate life during a pandemic, many people do struggle with managing their mood, and food can really impact that, Brett. So we're pleased to bring on this morning Susan Watson, registered dietitian at A Little Nutrition. Good morning, Susan. Hi, thank you so much for having me. 
Well, thanks. For, I don't know if you're going to appreciate our questions this morning, Susan, because no. basically we're looking for you to tell us that our habits are okay. But, but I know that that's not the truth. So let's just talk about a bit about this time of year. Even if we weren't in a pandemic, is there a struggle mm-hmm. with that shift from fall to winter and how our bodies adjust and maybe even slow down? Yeah, absolutely. And I see it mostly like a lot of the times in the, the prairie provinces <laughs> where almost like six months of the year we're in this uh a very cold, um, dark time of, of the year. And uh, because of that, people's moods kind of go down and our activity level goes down as we kind of hunker in for the, the cold time. And, um, you know, making sure that we have a plan for this this time of year is important, but a lot of the times we don't. We just, you know, hunker down and then wait until spring. <laughs> Wanted to, wanted to bounce this off you, actually, because uh, when I was visiting Zwicke on the weekend, uh, speaking to the, the person we're going to speaking to at 9.35, Ogo, he was talking about how they've been trying to order in as well to support restaurants. Mm-hmm. But when he, he makes a conscious choice, when he orders a burger, mm-hmm. depends on what time of day, but when he orders a burger, he will get a plant-based burger as opposed to a meat one because he finds if he gets a like a full-blown burger it just Mm -hmm. puts him to sleep so is that Mm -hmm. something that we could think about or should think about as well it may be just like depending on what time of day we're eating particular Mm -hmm. items of food well i think we have to if we want to you know really dive into kind of the nutrition piece um (laughs) we have to kind of look at our pattern of eating first so by by um, whether it's plant-based or regular meat that may not necessarily have as big of a role versus waiting too long between eating and then having a large meal. Um, if, we, if we take a look at breaking up our day and having three balanced meals, so that's protein, carbohydrates, and fruits and vegetables, having that three times a day and then snacks in between, we don't get to that really ravenous, hungry state and then um, make, make, I guess, choices where we're overeating and you know whether or not we're ordering out or ordering or uh, I guess making that food ourselves um, when we when we have too large of a meal that's what's going to make us feel fatigued not necessarily uh, protein versus plant-based yeah it's it, the size of the meal you also talk about not skipping meals just now Susan mm-hmm. but then there's mm-hmm. the, food, the the type of foods that you put in your body and you've talked in the mm-hmm. past about um, stimulating our feel-good brain hormones. And I like the sounds of that, uh, but I, I, yeah. the only thing I can think of is chocolate. But, you know, but in terms of the, the endorphins and the, what it can do for your mood, but what mm-hmm. is there that's healthy that would be good to support mm-hmm. those feel-good brain hormones? Well, let's, let's talk. I, I like the idea that you brought up chocolate. Um, so I think the idea is when we take a look at lowering uh, or steps to lowering inflammation in our body, the first ones that we want to look at is you know, lowering the amount of uh, processed sugar we're having in processed foods um, and increasing more of those feel-good um, hormone-type foods like our omega-3s and our whole grains. But the issue is we can't cut out chocolate, especially this time of year, and we can't cut out things like candy canes and um, all of the, the good kind of treat foods that come around this time of year. And uh, even though we know if we lower it, it's going to help with our mood, Um, So one of the recommendations I have with that is try to not substitute your eating with kind of the refined uh, sugar and processed foods. So if you want to have something like chocolate, have it in addition to having a balanced meal. So, you know, if you want to have a candy cane, have it 
maybe after you've had your balanced meal versus uh, skipping that meal and just, um, you know, using the, the candy canes or whatever treats we're having to keep us uh, nourished throughout the day. And you say that you can jumpstart your mood with antioxidants. How does one do that? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the one that is really interesting is folate. So what we see is that folate, it, it helps regulate our uh, hormone serotonin. And so folate is found in a lot of the dark green leafy vegetables. So we want to make sure that we're getting that in our diet. If we're not, um, th- that can impact our mood. And the, the serotonin, that's our feel-good uh, brain hormone and um, will uh, give those kind of happy messages to our brain. So vegetables, balanced meals, don't skip a meal. And I like this tip, uh, Brett. You could have chocolate. Just have it after your, have it after your healthy stuff. This is my takeaway now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll email you yeah. later, Susan, with the cho- all the chocolate I'm consuming after my healthy meals. <laughs> okay, as long as it's after your meal, we're good. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, Susan Watson, registered dietitian at A Little Nutrition, joining us live on CJOB. Susan, thank you for the time. Take care. Bye-bye. It is 914 on 680 CJOB. McGarry and McNabb. Uh, as always, we, we, we spend half of our show talking about food, Loren, and I now know. I'm hungry. <laughs> I didn't bring, and I realized I forgot to go to the uh, to the grocery store yesterday, so I I had nothing to bring with me this morning, and I'm try, doing my best to avoid buying the jalapeno cheddar Cheetos that are in our vending machine. I figure I'm better off eating nothing than eating that. I'll just wait till I get home, and and I'm going to try to eat something healthy today. If you can hold out, it's always better. But we've been asking our listeners so many different questions this morning, you know, Santa surprises and stores that would date you. And ever since that listener texted in about Grubbies or Groobies, the burger joint, that's all I want. Is a burger? And my freezer's full. Do you think I got any ground beef in there? No. Oh, no. I'm pretty sure I don't. Early Friday, Mackling sends us a video from something that he had just seen on MSNBC. That's how he starts his vacation, Loren, by watching MSNBC. Yeah, and then emailing us. <laughs> it's like, dude, turn it off. <laughs> but it's cool because it was a video of author Michael Eric Dyson. He's written about Jay-Z before. Now he's got a new book called Long Time Coming, Reckoning with Race in America. But that's not why he sent us the video. No, and by all accounts, that book is supposed to be amazing based on some of the re- reviews I'm reading. So it will be kind of one of those must-read books in the weeks and months ahead. But the reason why Greg sent us the video was because the author, Michael Eric Dyson, was actually in on MSNBC and in the middle of this interview gives a plug to a Winnipeg business, our friends at Zuike, a local loungewear company. Have a listen. Birthday to Sean Carter, to Jay-Z today, which is someone that uh, you've worked with, that you've written about, uh, your thoughts. I said I would write it if y'all could get it, but being intricate will get the wood critics on the internet. They're like, you should spit it. I'm like, you should buy it, like my book. That's good business, right? And so I wrote my, my boys, Zuike, uh, Zuike gave me a shirt, long time coming, and if you're a good man, and I think you are, I'm going to get you one as well, man. Ari Melberg, Zuike, whole Dyson, long time coming. You know what it is. December 4th. What more can I say? So I was actually at Zuike on Saturday doing some curbside pickup shopping. Uh, it was 
mainly Christmas shopping, but of course I got something for myself. I'm actually wearing my new Zwicke hoodie today. Ogo Okamabua is the co-founder of Zwicke. joins us live now on 680 CJOB. Ogo, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Good morning. I, I bet you're modeling that thing fine uh, as ever again for us. So I'm, I'm glad uh, our number one model doing well. I was so happy when I put it on because I mean, it, because it was curbside, I hadn't even seen this thing in person. I just saw yeah. it online. So you're, I'm always reluctant with clothes to buy them online. But when I put it on, I thought, oh, this fits so nice. So thank you for that. Wonderful. Thank well, you. What's the story with this, this situation with Michael Eric Dyson? So it's a neat situation. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson has a friend. He's actually frequented Winnipeg a number of times and has a friend in Winnipeg. Um, and the friend was buying him Christmas gifts. And uh, at the same time, we, um, with the release of the book, we just thought it would be kind of cool to send him out uh, something out of the uh, a custom shirt that represented his, his book uh, that he was just releasing. And um, we thought, hey, you know what, let's send him out. What, what does it hurt? And, and it's pretty cool. And um, we actually sent it out to him, and, and he was really appreciative and receptive and uh, kind of tied it in with uh, some of the B history line that you guys we've talked about many times before. And uh, it, was, it was pretty – it was awesome. I mean, it's funny that you say that you guys got the letter, the, the, the information from Greg, but I got the exact same text from him because uh, I had no idea that it was actually going on, <laughs> that, it, that it actually happened or that he was going to give us a shout out or anything like that. It was, it was news, uh, sweet news to our, our ears on a Friday afternoon and uh, pretty exciting. And uh, yeah, it was, it was um, thanks to our mutual friend here in Winnipeg. Uh, she, uh, she uh, kind of got it, uh, got it to him and, and that was great. So what does it mean to, you know, have that kind of shout out? Because there's there's getting that mention on a big stage like MSNBC, but then there's having that maybe translate into, you know, further sales down the road. What's the value or potential value even of something like this, Ogo? It's hard for us to know, to be honest. Like, I mean, I think right now is I'm just in the stage of real cool that our name was mentioned on MSNBC with Jay-Z and I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. But I mean, it definitely hasn't resulted in a million um, uh, sales or anything like that. But I think it, it, it's, it's nice for the brand to be recognized uh, as a small little guy that's just trying to work its way up. And um, and also just nice that, hey, you know, you sent something out to someone and he definitely didn't have to do anything uh, of the sort. He went way above and beyond anything we actually expected. We just thought it would be a nice thing uh, to send to him because he's kind of writing a great book that talks a little bit about some of the things that are occurring in our society nowadays. And uh, just thought, hey, you know what, let's send it out to him. And, and uh, he went above and beyond and kind of supported us and, and uh, gave us a little bit of a mention. So um, we're really grateful. Oh, I was going to say, Brett, my first reaction when Greg sent the video of this shout out by the author on MSNBC was I thought I had to listen to it twice because Zwicke means relax, right? Or, yes. or kind of chill. And, and so yeah. I thought, is he, so I write back, I was like, does he mean our Zwicke or is he just telling everybody <laughs> to relax kind of thing? I wasn't like I, like, like I had ownership over you or something in the sense that that's, that's our wonderful. Winnipeg Zwicke, right? <laughs> It is ours. This is Winnipeg. I was. It was pretty cool to have us uh, up on that on that stage and uh, in a big place. And even Ari kind of tagged us on one of his things too. So it, it ended up being pretty cool because uh, most people, for sure, out there wouldn't have known who we are. And we're just a little Winnipeg company, just trying to make a living. Well, and speaking of trying to make a living, how have things been going for you guys in general since the latest shutdown? 
Uh, it's been tough. I mean, uh, very similar to your comments before. A lot of people want to come in and, and try stuff on, and, and that's a lot of the comments that we've gotten in texts and everybody kind of saying, hey, I was just planning on coming down. I wanted to try things out. I got a couple of things I want to see and feel. Um, but, you know, all in all, uh, we're, we're kind of doing okay with the curbside pickup, and people are, are still finding ways to kind of support and and, uh, and go online and, and try purchasing our, our products. So, um, Winnipeg is, is just a special, I call it a special beast. Uh, there's no, no place like it, uh, where, uh, the community really seems to rally around, uh, the, the local, local, uh, individuals that, um, that they like, or they, they want to be involved with and, and, and keep them, keep them going. No different than the food movement uh, that we have going with our restaurants and, and everything. But I, I think Winnipeg's a very special place in that way. And, and we're, we're hanging in there right now. Is the challenge really just about that trying on of items, right? Like it's, I know for myself, even I, I had to uh, get a winter coat for the kids and the curbside pickups working great. And it just came down to the sizing. And so, you know, you end mm-hmm. up with a couple of things and you can, you can't do returns right now, but you can do them later. And so yep. I'm curious if that's kind of the biggest feedback you you get from people. Like what are the rules around picking up and returning and exchanging? If I do purchase something that maybe doesn't fit. Yeah. So a lot of people, like uh, we have an exchange uh, policy there that people can come in and, and, uh, um, well, when, when things kind of lie down, they can definitely exchange items and stuff. But it, I think a lot of it is we're not we're not Nike, we're not Under Armour, so it is people are still becoming familiar with our brand um, and and knowing the quality or learning a little bit about the styles and the fits and stuff like that. So initially, a lot of people will you know will want to kind of just touch it and feel it, and, and usually once they kind of touch and feel, they realize oh this is actually really nice and and uh, we want to stay in the brand or we want to get a number of things. So, um, and your ability to, you know, to, to talk as a salesperson, you can't really upsell when you're, when, when, when Gray, when guys are online, uh, when Brett was online, when he's buying the two hoods for me, he, I can't upsell him into another pair of pants or anything like that. So, you know, that's kind of part of the, the Christmas time and Christmas giving portion. And you might just start to see something else that might be, oh, you know, I want to get this for my sister or I want to get this for somebody else. And, and that's sometimes what the what shopping experience ends up bringing when people come into your shop. Uh, so I think a lot of retailers are kind of missing that little extra add-on piece. Well, what if, like, let's say, for example, while I was standing there at the door, uh, I just looked to the back of the shop and said, ooh, what's that? Like, would I have been allowed to buy it on site or does everything have to be purchased online? Right now it's purchased online because technically you're, we're, like, you're allowed to come in, grab your stuff and get out. That is basically the, 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 the mandate in terms of just being safe. So that's kind of what the curbside pickup uh, works as um, we would love, you know, you to be kind of, hey, come out of the back or whatever. But um, we don't have it set up where we're bringing out our till out to the car or whatever because we're supposed to limit the number of people or not really have anybody um, shopping through our stop, uh, our, our store. So um, unfortunately, right now, we're kind of just handcuffed and, and hoping for an announcement in the, in the next couple of days that maybe something leans up a little bit. But that's not not likely um, by the sound of things so far. So, No, Dr. Rusin had indicated last week that potentially early this week we might get a sense of where these restrictions are going in terms of how long they might be extended for and you know what mm-hmm. restriction changes may or may not come with them. I think you're probably right. I don't know if we'll see a change in them anytime soon, Ogo, but I'm pleased to hear that people are still shopping and they're still getting some love from all over the world. Yeah, that's, yeah, it has been wonderful. It's been wonderful. I mean, it's uh, 
it brings you a little bit of hope, and 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 that's really what uh, this time of the year is is about. You know, go out there, support uh, your friends, support your family, support support people that you you love, and and uh, and do your best with it. So, I mean, it's uh, it's been a long, long road, long 2020, and and you know, we can only hope that uh, things are going to get a lot better from here on in. Ogo Okamabua is the co-founder of Zwike, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Ogo, a pleasure as always, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Continue to do your checking in with your friends and everything, too. So just wanted to throw that in there for you. That's right, the check-in challenge that Zwike partnered up with Andrew Harrison, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, on uh, the hashtag check-in challenge. And uh, if you want to find Zwike on social media or online, it's spelled Z-U-E-I-K-E. And uh, like I said, I'm wearing their hoodie. I have a couple of uh, jacket sort of pullover hoodies. My bag is from these guys. I've got a Zwike hat. i got a face mask. I... I have a lot of stuff from them now that I think about it, Loren. So they should actually make you the the poster boy for the good local websites and all the rest, because you, you probably have. You could have your candles around you, and then your different signs, and then your different ball caps from teens. It could just basically be Brett's closet yeah. shop local <laughs> in Brett's closet. Pretty much, yeah. I'm sort of a walking. I was telling Greg the other day uh, when one of the days that you were gone that I'm kind of a walking billboard sometimes for local stuff. Like I was out, and it's cool too. Some of the the brand recognition that like I bumped into Cloutier the other day Richard Cloutier was out for a walk uh, yesterday and his girlfriend looks down and, and says hey are those mitts from Earth and Hyde so she recognized just based on the the style of mitt that I was wearing that that was from this local That's business cool. uh, so yeah I, I love the supporting the local because it's it's nice to be able to even with a curbside pickup it's nice to be able to go and say hello to a local company even if it's just for 30 seconds to pick up whatever it is you're picking up and being on your way hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.